Another day, another government cover-up. Actually, I don't really have a cover-up. I have just government doing its thing, being government. And this is not surprising because whatever is established as normal during a time is what is the status quo that the government perpetuates, props up, goes in line with whatever. And it's very much based on what the public lets them. So we got to keep that in mind. Every time we try to blame government, we really need to blame the masses. The masses are the reason everything happens. The masses are the reason government has the power it has. The masses are the reason that people think democracy is just and good and this and that. The masses are pretty much the problem with everything. It always comes down to the masses. And that's just a byproduct of nature. Humanity is not designed to live and operate and be able to manage large swaths of people. We have Dunbar's number, which has it so that the human brain, it posits that the human brain could probably keep track of about 150 people. And so you see hunter-gatherer tribes never really go above that. You see that small organizations like business organizations that have different units. Some companies have made it so that if you reach 150, you immediately split off into two smaller units, et cetera. And there's a lot of science around this and research around this supporting this idea that the human brain is mostly designed through its bigness. It grew big, mostly as a byproduct of group cooperation, which was the killer app for our species that allowed us to move to the top of the food chain, right? Our ability to work together created more survival, better hunting, more resources, right? More safety and security for raising offspring. And then that quickly propelled us to the top of the food chain, became the apex predator. You get complexities with people. We know this. If you've ever gone to high school or if you have a big family, you know that things like gossip and feelings of disloyalty and talking behind people's back and this person's doing that or doing that or did you hear? These are all byproducts of humanity, of human nature. And in fact, a lot of them are a byproduct of keeping us in check when we did live in the wild. In a world today, though, things are much different. We are much more isolated and siloed out. Most of us don't know our neighbors. And instead, we're operating in a world where we can go online and talk to strangers that we don't care about and <laughs> attack them or be attacked by them, etc., which then leads to all these other really bad things. And it leads to uh, xenophobia and distrust of people we don't know and like other cultures and religions, racism, whatever. It's really bad. The internet, especially social media, and our ability to interact with people we don't know leads to some of the worst aspects of human nature. So today is actually about science. It's also status quo, science, governments, all things. They're all intertwined. And this is a quote from Luke Radowski. Radowski. The tweet says, if science was never questioned, you would still be drinking cocaine, giving your kids cough syrup laced with heroin, spraying people with the DTT, and also smoking the cigarette brand your doctor recommended. Now he's pointing out the obvious fact that as things change, as our understanding of things changes and evolves, and as certain products that we thought were maybe uh, safe end up becoming not safe, then eventually those things fall out of favor. And again, this is good because it's the scientific process. It's unfortunate that a lot of people had to suffer through DDT and other toxic chemicals in food and water. It's, it's really sad that a lot of humans had to suffer with lack of proper sanitation, which is really the cause of all the modern uh, diseases, especially the virulent ones that spread. It's almost all due to sanitation. And so what vaccines take credit for is like solving polio and smallpox and all these different things is actually just proper sanitation. Because if you look at the numbers, the cases for all those early diseases were had basically been dropped by something like 80 to 95% before the vaccines were even started to be administered to the public. It's kind of insane, actually. Yet, you don't hear about that narrative. The narrative is actually the exact opposite because it's based on marketing and propaganda. 
Big Pharma wants you to believe their vaccines are the best thing ever and you shouldn't question it and it's settled science and blah, blah, blah. But we know that's not the case at all. And in fact, in 100 years, 200, maybe at some point there's going to be a pivotal technology that comes around that shows us exactly what these things do in the human body, that can track exactly the cause and effect of these things. And I think in the future, we're going to look back on vaccines the way they're done in the 20th century, the same way we look back on doctors that used to promote smoking or DDT, which was a toxic substance, a lot of which is actually connected to a lot of these communicable diseases and a lot of the issues around the same time might have been attributed to a lowered immune system because you're exposed to these toxic chemicals and cyanide and these other things that are in things like DDT and they were sprayed everywhere and kids used to like run down the street as planes were dropping into neighborhoods. I mean, they literally put it on everything and in everything. It was in the food. It was on clothes. It was really bad. And along this time, we saw a spike in these diseases. We saw polio spikes. We saw, um, I'm trying to think of the other ones. There's a couple others like whooping cough, these other things in every single place where you had a, you could say an outbreak or prevalence of these diseases, you saw a heavy use of DDT. There's a ton of data that points to this. Now, of course, this is correlation, but let's just look at a couple other things. When proper sanitation came about in certain areas that had a massive death rate and had really, really poor living standards, and people were literally eating and drinking from water in areas where there was sewage everywhere, you see a lot of these spreadable diseases you see a lot of people dying and you see really heavy statistics and blah, blah, blah. And then sanitation comes in and these numbers plummet. You look at when these vaccines were actually introduced and you see that the number of cases from publicly available data showed that these cases had already dropped by, I believe 90 is kind of the average number, about 90% before the vaccines even administered to the public. Yet they get all the credit because there's a profit motive. That's obviously one thing. If you're pro, anti, or you don't really care about vaccines, you should do the research either way. You should understand the numbers. You should understand the history because as it goes with history, history is one of those things that it's there if you dig deep enough and the status quo pretends it's based on history, but it's usually not based on history. People don't want to do the research. They don't want to look between the lines and read and go deep into these rabbit holes. They just don't care. They want to be told what to think and they want to be told uh, that this is safe and everybody's doing it and they seek safety in numbers. So they do that as well because everybody else is doing it. So they rely heavily on experts and researchers and politicians and blah, 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 because they have some title and some label. And it's just a typical appeal to authority and it simplifies their life. And again, it's safety numbers. They do it because other people do it. And that's everybody's right. They can do that all they want. But what gets me the most is when they attack others that challenge it and they call them anti-science or anti-vaxxers or all these other libelous names. It's funny because the people that speak out about these things actually don't have an incentive. They have a reverse incentive. If you come out about these things, you're actually attacked. If you come out about these things, you're potentially censored or called a name or people attack your business or your company or whatever. So why would people ever say anything? It's because it's so hard to ignore the truth when you see it and they feel compelled to try to wake others up and help others. At least that's what it is for me. And I believe it's the way it is for a lot of people that have actually done their due diligence. The reverse side though, those that attack, again, safety in numbers, they attack anybody that threatens their status quo because they want to feel righteous. They want to feel like they're doing what's right or they have confirmation bias. They don't want to feel like they gave their kids something they shouldn't have given them. It's too hard to accept that dissonance. So they attack anybody that says anything to the contrary, 
even if it means knowing something for their kids' health or maybe their future kids' health. That's how strong human bias is. Human bias is responsible for rape, pillage, and murder. It has throughout history and it will into the future. Humans will rape, kill, literally slaughter other humans, even women and children and babies, as we've seen in wartime, if they are convinced that they are righteous and that it's for the good of some cause or some other bullshit ideological nonsense. That is a human brain for you. And it applies precisely to the idea that you can't question vaccines or science or any of these things. And to do so is being a science denier. The reason this is so funny and ironic and typical of the status quo is science is the business of questioning. Science is the business of rigorously testing ideas. If you don't question science, you don't have science. And if you suggest others don't do so, then you are actually anti-science. Isn't that ironic? The very people that use the label anti-science are actually only those that are practicing anti-science themselves. It's kind of bizarre. Just a reminder that the status quo, what the masses believe, it's usually the opposite of the truth. It's kind of bizarre how that is. And that's because simple explanations to which the masses desire, simple explanations which the masses desire does not explain a complex world. That's really all it is in a simple nutshell. And there's a lot of psychology understood around this, how the masses, uh, they latch on to simple solutions, simple ideas, pithy statements, because complexity, the more complex something becomes, the harder it is for people to understand. And the more complex something becomes, the less likely they are to remember it. And their brain just basically lets it go. That's why only convenient narratives end up taking hold in the public consciousness. And they get pounded and pounded and hammered and hammered by the status quo, et cetera. It is what it is. So this is just a short reminder to you, as you probably know, because if you're watching my stuff, you're already awake. Hopefully I can just give you some ideas about how to think about this. More prepare yourself, defend yourself against the dogma and the, and the nonsense that's constantly trying to pull you in. And to get an every other day dose of content like this and more, get on the Better Human newsletter, thebetterhuman.co. I hope to see you there. I hope you subscribe. Maybe share this with a few friends that might enjoy this. And I'll see you in the next one.